Mindfulness Mode 270. And it didn't matter what they said. I just kind of had this attitude of, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks onto you. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Great to connect with you again, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends about Mindfulness Mode Podcast. That's one of the best ways of growing the show so I can keep on interviewing interesting people from all walks of life, all about mindfulness. Last time, I featured an NLP expert. If you're wondering what NLP is, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming. My guest started a school in California where he teaches NLP even online. It's called the INLP Center. If you missed learning about NLP with Mike Bundrant, check out episode 269 at mindfulnessmode.com slash 269. Hey, are you thinking of launching your own podcast or maybe you know a friend or someone who is launching a podcast? Whoever is doing it needs a host, a place to upload your episodes. I use Podbean. Podbean is truly awesome. It's built specifically for podcasters. It's been around 10 years and the pricing is super competitive. It's $9 a month no matter how much content you upload and they have great stats as well. Compare your choices and I think you may want to consider Podbean. You can help support Mindfulness Mode and Get a month for free with my affiliate link. Go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm. Do you know somebody who's nearing college age? Well, today my guest is an expert who helps you find grants and scholarships to get into the best colleges and universities. I found it so interesting. And she practices mindfulness in her life as well. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Crystal. Hey, Mindful Tribe. This is going to be an episode to remember because you're going to learn so much, I believe, and benefit so much. I have a wonderful guest here who is a top-level career expert, and her name is Crystal Oliveria. And Crystal is amazing i can assure you of that and crystal i'll ask you right right here and now are you in mindfulness mode today yes absolutely (laughs) crystal that's awesome crystal i want to share with mindful tribe a little bit about yourself crystal oliveria raised over seventy thousand dollars from grants and scholarships to help pay for her own college education at two private colleges So that's pretty incredible. And that's what led her to become a top level coaching career expert. So she helps people all the time make their way into some of these colleges and universities. And the ones that she managed to get into, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in San Francisco, that's not too shabby, and Holy (laughs) Names University in Oakland, California. Crystal has helped so many people get into their top chosen college to generate money via grants and scholarships. 
And, you know, sometimes those are like kind of hidden away and we never have any idea until we hear about our neighbor's family, you know, who got a grant. And she can help you get your hands on, you know, some of this money and and help you to get into a, a college or a university or maybe it's someone you love. Crystal provides a safe space to explore options in depth while providing guidance that results in children being able to reach their full potential and have a wonderful, successful life as a result of it. So, Crystal, this must be an incredibly rewarding uh, work that you do. It must be amazing. But, Crystal, let's start here. This is all about mindfulness, you know, learning about how to do these things. What does mindfulness mean to you? To me, it has to do with manners, because when you're mindful, you're being courteous to those that you interact with as well as yourself. Ah, that is cool. And you know what, Crystal? I've had 250 people plus on my show, and I don't think anybody has ever said mindfulness has to do with manners. Mm -hmm. So I love this. Because it's about connecting with others and relating to other people. And if we are not aware that some of this involves manners and how we come across to the other person, then it's certainly not going to be a positive relationship, I wouldn't think. Yeah, so, absolutely. I really love and, that. Yeah. No, I think part of it just had to do with my upbringing as far as being raised to be a lady and to be courteous to other people and have manners. And when you do that, when you interact with people, you want to be very mindful of how you're feeling. And if you're grouchy, you need to adjust or mm -hmm. you need to do something different to take better care of yourself and how other people are feeling so you can adapt and change and help them as well. And so how do you use this when approaching colleges, when dealing with careers? Oh, that's an excellent point. I find that too many people think of it's a linear path, like, oh, kids need to figure out what test scores they need to take, what college they need to take. And they ended up forgetting about the kid. And a lot of times the kids are the ones with the anxiety. They're wondering, you know, am I going to amount enough? Are my grades good enough? Are my test scores good enough? Can I get into the college of my top choices? What if I can't get into the schools all my friends are getting into? And so just being really mindful of what the kids are feeling and seeing where they're at emotionally and how do you take them to the next step and guide them because if, you, if you're not mindful to how they're feeling, then they're going to shut down and they're not going to want to talk to you. Well, that's for sure. And boy, we can experience that early in teenagehood or even before that, preteens. If we are not, you know, we don't have that level of respect. And, it, and part of it is manners to deal with our children, to sort of let them be the person they are. So I love this, how it's about the, it's about the child first. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And so how do you help your child to understand where they should be in their education? So one of the things that I like to do is I like to encourage an ongoing conversation and start these conversations as soon as possible. Because I think it's ridiculous to expect a kid to know what they want to be when they grow up, especially when they don't have a lot of life experience. And so just having that ongoing conversation you have to create a safe space so that they can explore, is this a career I'm interested in? And ask, why are you interested in it? Is this career going to utilize your talents and abilities? What kind of college education do you need? 
What if you need more than a four-year degree? Is this something you're willing to commit to? And just really being mindful that the more time you have to have this conversation with your child, the more they can feel safe in exploring what options work best for them. Crystal, it's interesting to talk with you about this because I've had a few guests who have said, you know what? Education is changing. The world is changing. Everything is changing so fast, especially with the internet and online learning. And, you know, where we're in this culture where many of us feel like our children have to have a college education, it's absolutely a necessity. There are those who say, no, hold on just a second. They do not necessarily need a college education. They can get out there and and be very successful without it. But I want to know your thoughts on this. Mm, Great point. I can see both ends of the spectrum. And for me, the way I define it in education is that it has a lot to do with personal growth and development and continuing to learn. And I like to think of school from the standpoint of a growth mindset. Because yes, you can make arguments that you do need a college education, but for a lot of employers, that's part of a vetting process. They know you're committed, they know you can show up on time, you can perform at a certain level. So from that standpoint, yes, a degree is very important. But when you look at technology and how it's changing and how all the industries are changing, you can also make a very valid argument that a lot of what's being taught in school is gonna be obsolete by the time your child graduates. And so I think a lot of it is we need to talk about, well, what is education? And I think that's why a lot of the colleges are changing more to certificate programs. So it's shortening the time period of learning, but it's also focused on what skill sets do you need here and now for the type of jobs that you want. And yes, I also do think college education is still important because especially with all the math and science, you know, industries that are out there, a good foundation is something that college can give you even in the arts, and especially because we live in a world that so highly desires consumable goods. We want things to look pretty when we go into our store to buy a gift. So, you know, the fundamentals, regardless of whether it's more in the arts or the science, I do think that's still an important point. Interesting. Well, you know what, Crystal, I want to ask you this. My son is 16 years old, so he's at that point where, you know, he's thinking about colleges and universities. Now, this is hypothetical because this is not me, but what about if I came to you and I said, Crystal, I want my son to get into a field where he will be almost guaranteed to have a job when he's finished. I just want to make sure that when I pay that money out for college or universities, definitely going to get a job. What are some of the fields that we should look at? Ah, I would say try having a different mindset and think about <laughs> what demands are out there. Yeah. Because the truth is people will pay money for when they have a challenge that they want to solve. Yes, people will buy luxury items when they have the money. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's really looking at what is he passionate about? Right. What is he willing to commit to? What skill sets is he willing to develop and learn? Because regardless of what career he chooses, he's going to he's going to run into some roadblocks. And really looking at, let's take time to look at what industries are growing. You know, let's look at some statistics as far as where the market's turning. And that's part of this ongoing conversation I have. And I teach parents like you to have with your son because it's really about, well, what's happening in the marketplace? And let's see 
see if this is something you're willing to commit to. Because there are jobs out there and there are people with a lot of money who are willing to pay to take away that pain that they're having. Mm, right. Well, I'm glad you answered it that way. And you answered it in such a way that, you know, you were so mannerly and so, <laughs> you know, so kind to me because you could have just said, look, let him decide. Let, you know, let him figure it out. And the fact is, though, I said that was hypothetical. The fact is he has figured it out. He figured it out a long time ago. And he was telling us when he was about seven or eight years old what he wanted to do. And that's he wants to get a degree in the sciences. He wants to be a scientist. He wants to he's not exactly sure what type of scientist but how would he then narrow that down into you know exactly what he wants and to make sure that even though he thinks that's what he wants make sure that really is the right thing for him mm, great question so um what I want to say is that I do provide a tool to help have that ongoing conversation because it's hard to just present one answer to answer that type of question sure. since it's so broad. Sure. Uh, but I do provide a tool called Seven Ways to Help, which is all about how do you encourage a conversation to go on. And I really love what you pointed out about your son because a lot of kids are being pushed to go into the STEM or STEAM for the science, technology, math, and engineering and arts. And what happens is a kid might say like, yes, I want to become an engineer. But what kind of engineer? Right. Depending upon when you go to these colleges and their websites and how they categorize engineering and subcategorize it, you might have anywhere from 40 to 200 different types of engineers that your son could decide to be. Sure. So it's a very relevant question as far as how do you continue this conversation because he's going to need to look at which ones am I the most interested in? How do I drill down deeper and explore deeper to find which ones are going to be a good fit for me. So how is this going to look? If I hired you, Crystal, to help my family, help my son decide, what would it look like? Would we be talking online? Tell us about that. And what is the cost? Okay. <laughs> so um, first off, I one of the things I like to do is I like parents to get to know me. So I always encourage them to sign up for my complimentary gift so they can learn a little bit more about me, follow me, understand my uh communication style and teaching mode because I very much believe in making this a family activity because in the long run it's your child and your child is your whole life and then if you like what I do and how I do it and some of the results as far as clients that I've worked with then I always encourage the next step which is to have a discovery session and sit down and talk to you and your son and find out you know what roadblocks he's facing because if he doesn't see the need for it, then he's not going to want to go forward and participate. So I always encourage this to be a family conversation. And then if it's a good fit, then I do have a three-month program that also has a continuity program that's ongoing. And I'm actually told that that's the part kids like the most because it's video conferencing. I work with people virtually. Yes, there are worksheets that narrow it down and create shortcuts to make it easier, simpler, simpler and faster. But at the end of the day, the kids tell me that what they really like is they like the role playing because it's not just the information. Anybody can go to Google and find a lot of great information. The kids wanna know how do I take action? How do I develop skills? And how do they start telling the better story? 
because that's the real secret sauce to getting the scholarships, getting into the college of their dreams, getting the paid internships, and ultimately the job. And how much is this going to cost? <laughs> well, uh, the value at this point in time is $3,000. Okay. And I'm thinking the value is probably going to be like $300,000. The investment is $3,000. Yes. Because if my son gets into the wrong place and the wrong career, it's going to be very sad and it's going to be very costly. But if he gets into the right one, like he'll make millions of dollars in his career. Yeah. So and how do you put a price on happiness if he really yeah, enjoys it? Exactly. Exactly. So I think there are way too many people, too many parents that are just jumping into something, you know, their son says or their daughter, you know, hey, I want to I want to be an actor or I want to be a fashion designer or whatever. And they jump in and then they're into it in about four years and it's like, well, you know what? It's really, you know, I, I really think I'd rather be a singer <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> I'm sure you've you've met situations like that. Oh, that brings up a great point. So I wanna tell you um, a quick story about a client. Yeah. So she decided when she was a little kid that she wanted to be a teacher mm -hmm. and her mom's a teacher. So she's like, great, like, this is wonderful. My kid knows what she wants to be. She knows what she wants to do. And the reality was like just having an ongoing conversation with her. It was interesting to watch this child who said, yes, I want to be a teacher, volunteer to be part of a class where she worked in PE with little kids. I said, uh-uh, this is not for me because I can't handle these little kids. Like I love them. I want kids, but I don't think I could see myself working day to day with them. Mm -hmm. And so then she's like, OK, well, I'll teach junior high school. And then she started talking to teachers and they were like, you know, it's a tough grade because of their hormones and they're hitting yeah. puberty and they're just going through these major ups and downs. Like, you know, you just just be aware of that. So then she started talking to people about like, well, what about kids in high school? I want to be a high school teacher. And then she started talking to to these parent or to the teachers and to principals and administration. And they're talking about all the challenges that come with high school kids and how a lot of the parents come in saying you're not a good teacher and they forget to ask questions like, did my child turn in all their homework before they started accusing you if you're a bad teacher? So then she decided, okay, well now I want to teach college and she loves math. So it was just interesting to watch the evolution of her career journey. Even though she said, yes, I want to be a teacher. I mean, she could have wasted a lot of time and had a lot of heartache just jumping into th what she thought would have been a good fit if she didn't take the time to explore what was really a good fit for her. That's a great story. I love that. How can can kids figure out where scholarships are and what do they do to go about getting scholarship money? That's awesome. So again, I always like to start with it's a mindset because what happens is I find kids when you ask them, so do you think someone you don't know is going to give you $1,000 or more? Most kids will be like, no, why would they? I asked my, my parent for $200 and they wouldn't give it to me. Right. <laughs> my parent knows and loves me. So I always start with the mindset and helping them understand that it's an investment. Someone in the community is looking to invest in you. And when you can begin to understand that, then you start asking, well, who are these people that are giving scholarships? Why are they giving it away? Why would they give it to someone like me? And when you can get a kid to be curious about that, and you frame it from the standpoint of it's a treasure hunt map, 
you're going to look through a lot of scholarships to see which ones are the best fit for you. And this is you give them a process with like a template as far as this is how you fill out an essay so you don't have to start from scratch. And this is, you know, in steps one, two, three, what you need to do. Then they get excited about like, oh, I can do this. This isn't that hard. Yeah, tell me where to go. And it's once you get that curiosity going, that's when you just kind of slowly give it to them piece by piece because then they're willing to do the work. But if you just tell them straight up front, these are, you know, five different places you can go to find scholarships, they won't do the work. Right. I'd, I'd like to explore more of the mindfulness behind all of this and how we can, as parents, be truly mindful. Like we can go about the process without it being a stress, a pressure, and just kind of let it happen. Do you have any tips? Oh, absolutely. I would say just remember what it was like for you. Mm. I mean, how much did your parents help you? How much did your high school guidance counselors help you? And a major thing, too, is now a lot of kids aren't getting the same type of help from the high school ga- guidance counselor that may you may have received as a parent just because things have changed, the budgets have tightened up. And a lot of times, like I know in the United States, one high school guidance counselor might have 300 kids. Wow. So your kid's not getting the one-on-one attention. Mm-hmm. And just be mindful of that. And one of the best ways you can do to do that is just ask your child, like, When's the last time you saw your high school guidance counselor? How much time did you spend talking to them? When are you going to go see them again? You know, what did you talk about? And just being mindful that you're taking time to ask your child about them, their day, how they're doing. And then I think you'll, you might be surprised by what you hear back. Right. Well, I just want to change the direction here. And I want to ask you, because you're so knowledgeable and amazingly I mean, you obviously have this natural knack at helping people with their careers. I want to know what you were like when you were eight years old, when you were a child, you were a little girl. Tell us a story about a day when you were eight years old. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I was considered a very strong-willed child. And I think it's just because I was always treated like an adult. And my father, who I love very dearly, always encouraged me to make decisions from the standpoint of reason and logical and rationale. And we used to have in the U.S. these little uh, gum. They look like cigarettes. Yes. And they had the powder sugar in them and you'd smoke them and the the smoke would come out. And I thought they were really cool. Okay. And I remember like as a reward, my dad would say, you can have a piece of candy or whatever you want. And I would be like, yeah, this is what I want. And he would just argue with me about like, I want you to be a lady. I don't want you to smoke. Can you pick something else up? And I remember standing there being like, no, you said I can have a reward and a treat and what I wanted. And this is what I want. Like, don't back off from your word. (laughs) Like you're basically being a liar. You told me not to be a liar. And just really watching his, uh, communication skills to be diplomatic and to be polite and to encourage me to make the best decisions was he was a great role model from that standpoint and it really taught me that the words that you use um, can be very powerful and to be mindful of what you said and what that other person said and how they're interpreting it and just the back and forthness of it all 
Crystal, I love that story because it really reveals how strong a person you are because you obviously decided you wanted to go to the, uh, what's it called, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and you thought, I'm going to make this happen no matter what and you got out there, raised over $70,000 for your education and you just dug in there and you obviously were not wishy-washy about it. You, <laughs> you know, you made decisions, you got out there and you presented yourself did whatever you had to do and you made it happen so and now you do it for others so I love that I want to transition into a question about bullying because I've worked in that field for a long time and you know a lot of our youth can feel very humiliated and it can very much affect them if they've been bullied but bullying can happen as adults as well do you have a story you can share with us about bullying and how mindfulness may have made a difference yes um wow i've been on both sides of it um i will definitely say i've been in school and i know what it's like to be harassed and mm. tell a teacher and the teacher not believe you I've also realized that a lot of times bullies are emotionally weak and they're struggling and the only way they can raise their self-esteem is to pick on someone else. Right. And so I know when I was in high school, I used to watch this girl being bullied and a lot of it was verbal and they were constantly putting her down no matter, she was, she was quiet and lonely and so she thought, oh, they want to be my friends. And then the conversation would always start off nice. And then it would just go into this downward spiral. Mm -hmm. And one day I asked her, I said, why are you letting these kids bully you? And she's like, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do. And so I kind of stepped up and ended up being a bully back to these other girls just to give them a taste of their own medicine. And it didn't matter what they said. I just kind of had this attitude of I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks onto you. And it just really surprised them because they weren't used to having someone hold them accountability for how mean they were. And fortunately, they never bullied the, the girl again. You kind of stepped up, you took a leadership <laughs> role, you became a coach kind of, and you helped that girl. Wow. That's incredible. And you still help people in other ways. So that's very powerful. Crystal, I want to uh, ask you five quick answer questions as we, as we get closer to the end of our interview. And the first one is this. Who is one person, one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Mm. Oh, there's so many of them. Mm. I'd probably have to say my dad. Ah. So he was a very powerful influence for you. Yes. And the reason being is he always taught me to be creative and to be resourceful. And to be resourceful, you need to be mindful of what resources you have and basically how scarce they are. For sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Crystal? <laughs> it has made me very aware. Um, it's helped me understand people better because I've noticed my emotions go like this all the time based upon whether I ate, whether I didn't eat, whether I got enough sleep, whether I didn't. Mm -hmm. And just being really mindful to myself, how I'm feeling, how things are affecting me makes me think about other people when I come in contact with them and maybe they have a really bad day and I'm like, I don't know what they went through. Mm. How is breathing a part of your mindfulness practice? <laughs> Because whenever I feel like I'm just 
going to have a breakdown, you just remember to breathe. It's, it's, as a kid, I used to cry a lot when things weren't going my way and people were always like, take a deep breath before anything can get better. You need to breathe like that's step one. Mm -hmm. And even as an adult, I remember that regardless of how things are going, step one is to take a deep breath. It absolutely is. Could you recommend a book related to mindfulness, Crystal? Um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger recommended a book that I thought was really, it made a huge impact on me. It's um, The Proper Care and Feeding of Your Husband. And for me, the reason it made me think of mindfulness was because she talks about relationships and how two people are in a relationship and how society can influence or dictate that relationship and just being really mindful about what is society saying and making a choice about how is that gonna affect the relationship that to a person that you committed your life to. Right, okay, that's that's a great, sounds like a great book and nobody on the show has ever recommended it before. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Can you recommend an app? which helps you to be more mindful? <laughs> um, the thing that I use the most on my phone would probably be my notepad. And it helps me be mindful because a lot of times I have a lot of clutter going on in my head. I have a lot of self-talk or sometimes it's really hard for me to stay focused, especially if I'm like throughout my day moving from a phone call to an interview or doing something. Sometimes I just feel like I have all this chatter going on that I need to get out. And so I love using the microphone and just being able to, on a notepad, record and do a brain dump of whatever's going on. This way I don't feel like I'm going to lose all those thoughts, but I get to keep it and then I can come back to it when I'm ready. And it just helps me stay really present. Sure. Okay. Crystal, how can we contact you? How can we connect with, with you and how can we learn more about what you do? Um, great question. So I'm on social media, and you can find me under Crystal Oliveria, last name O-L-I-V-A-R-R-I-A, or Career Conversationalist. And you can certainly visit me at my website, careerconversationalist.com. Careerconversationalist.com. Well worth checking out, and especially if you are looking at a career, maybe your your child is, your son or daughter. So be sure to check that out because Crystal can really help you and give you some direction, and especially in that whole area of grants, because that can be very helpful if you're looking at that overwhelming cost of a career. So you can help parents that are feeling a little bit overwhelmed at this point. So... I, I just want to thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show and even uh, prior to the show. Yeah, and that's right. We met at an event in San Diego, and that was the New Media Summit. And it was so great to meet you and and just experience your incredible smile, your incredible presence. I knew right away, you know, this is a person I would love to have on my show because I really felt that you were with me when we were chatting. You know, it was like that sense of mindfulness. And that's why I wanted to share your sense of mindfulness in relation to careers with our audience with Mindful Tribe. So Mindful Tribe, I will put all these links up on the show notes at mindfulnessmode.com and be sure to check out the website that, uh, that Crystal has. And it's called, just to repeat it one more time, it is, will you tell us because it's left my mind. 
<laughs> it's careerconversationalist.com. Careerconversationalist.com. So thanks again, Crystal. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.